Welcome to Wings Neighborhood. This is your host Varsha Vashampayan and I'm joined by my co-host and friend Rupa Bhandarkar. Today's guest is Christine Brown Quinn. Christine joins us from UK. Following nearly 30 plus years in the business, Christine Brown Quinn embarked on a new career in 2010 as the female capitalist to share with professional women globally practical and hands-on business strategies for career progression and work-life balance. As a former managing director in international finance, Christine is well-versed in what it takes to forge a thriving career in highly pressurized alpha environments. Through her webinars, workshops, and coaching, Christine unveils what really matters in getting ahead in the corporate world. She's also published author of two awesome books, Step Aside Superwoman and Unlock Your Career Success, Amazon's number one bestseller in business and finance. Today, Christine will take us through her leadership journey of being on the trading floors to moving her family all the way to the other side of the pond for better opportunities and to finally being an author of two great books and paying it forward for women who aspire to be leaders a mission that is very aligned to wings mission Christine welcome to wings show up as a leader podcast thank you so much for taking the time to do this and Varsha and I are really really looking forward to this discussion you know we're particularly excited given the two books that you have written and your mission this is something that we're really really excited about is so aligned with wings for over a decade as you yourself say you have made it your mission to bust the myth that a rewarding career and a fulfilling personal life have to be at loggerheads i just absolutely love that and how passionate you have been about that so thank you so much for joining us today all My right pleasure. thank you so we're going to start this off with a few questions for you it's going to start off with you know how do you define leadership and what it really means to you christine yeah for me leadership is definitely about bringing your best self and making sure that your voice is heard and one of the keys i've always found in leadership especially i always say you know kind of growing up but most of my corporate career were in alpha male environments is reminding people of what's that bigger objective that we're trying to achieve. In other words, it's not about me. I'm just kind of a a medium. And I think when you do that, then you can bring people along and reminding them how they fit into that bigger picture. You know, this is this is what we're trying to achieve and, you know, you you're important because this is how you fit into that to that larger picture. Wonderful. That's a really good segue. I'm going to ask you Christine I know that we have a lot of mentees in our programs and they come they obviously have leadership potential and they just are ready to take the leap but oftentimes you know they are like wondering should I take this huge assignment stretch work or is this the right thing or suddenly I want to become a business owner I've been in corporate I want to switch careers and do completely diff- something different should I do it can I do it what is the risk right you did that You went as you just said that you went from financial services being on trading floors working with traders and senior executives you all the way moved to another side of the pond and then really decided on going on your purposeful journey to help women rise as leaders which is really what is very well aligned with things mission 
tell us, teach us, coach us, how do you do that? Well, I think it's about courage. It's not about confidence. It's about courage. And, you know, that risk tank is that risk taking. So my journey, I would start with moving to the UK. So I was recruited right out of an MBA program at GW in, in Washington into a London bank. It was a Swiss bank, London based. And the deal was, as I was finishing my program, I said to my other half, you know, should I look for a job in Washington where we were living or internationally? My undergraduate degree was in foreign languages. I'd lived abroad a number of years. And my other half said, send your CV, send your resume out wherever, which I did. I then had an invitation to interview with some of the banks in London. My MBA was focused on international finance. Then as I'm preparing for this trip, my other half says, well, you know, you can go interview, but you don't need to take the job. And I said, hold on a second. <laughs> I, I, I've thrown everything at getting these connections. That you, you, That's too late. I mean, we, I, we already committed to this. I went to London and I spent a week on the trading floor. At the end of the day, I took a role with somebody that I knew because I wanted that, this other person to understand what I was putting on the line. So I had my husband and then we had two young kids, three and six, and we were moving the whole family to the UK. My husband had a 10-year career in one of the biggest accounting firms. I'm moving completely into another another area, my first job on a, on a bank. I was putting a lot on the line. And in the end, I decided to go with this individual who knew that background. I spent a week on the trading floor, loved it, fell in love with it and thought, this is where I want to be. In addition to the finance angle, a trading floor in the UK, in London, it's like the United Nations. Every language is spoken. So I was absolutely reinvigorated. So went back, you know, said to my other half, okay, this is what I want to go for. It turned out it was an arduous process getting a work permit at the time. This is the early 90s. The UK was in a recession. In the end, it came through, but it was very difficult. And I remember as I'm preparing for this, even my father, who his saying growing up was, there's no such thing as security, only opportunity. He says to me, let me get this straight. You're moving to the UK, you're moving your two kids, you've never worked in banking before, and your husband's leaving his, his job. I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm moving to the UK was definitely risk-taking. And gosh, you know, that risk-taking piece, that's where the growth happens. That's where the opportunity is. And so when you're feeling a little uneasy, just remind yourself that that's, that's because you're stepping outside your comfort zone. So we went with a five-year plan, and here we are in 2020, still in the UK. My husband's career actually, you know, knock on wood, also flourished. His, the work he was doing was much more interesting than had we stayed in, in Washington. And we, we didn't move back after five, our five-year plan because everything was working. I was enjoying my career. My husband was enjoying his career. The kids had, you know, we had good child care. They were happy in schools. So it's like, hey, this isn't broken. You know, let, let's go with it. That is one of the big, you know, talk about taking a risk. You know, that was one of the big risks that I took. And I loved my career in finance and in London. You know, it was just, just brilliant. And the funny thing is, is throughout my career then in, in London, you know, there were bumps and other situations where I had to dig deep and be courageous. What I used to hear in my head, and this is the thing about personal and professional not being at loggerheads, I would hear my kids in my head and, you know, me saying to them, take risk, go for it. And so when I was in the workplace and I was in an uncomfortable situation where I needed to take other risks, I could hear myself saying that to them. 
when I got to the point where I felt it was time to, to do something different and to particularly support women in their career progression, it was the scariest thing, more scarier than the first big decision to come to London, mm-hmm. because I only worked in a corporate career, you know, and I and I was a banker, like you scratch me, I'm still a banker, I think like a banker, right? <laughs> and so again, though, I heard myself talking to my kids, how I'm a fake if I don't do what I tell them to do. And mm-hmm. that's really what really enabled me to take the second risk, okay, like I have to, you know, I've got to go for it. And Rupa, if I may jump in just quickly for a second here, what I love, Christine, and I think you will highlight that through your conversation even further as we talk about this, family support, right? Your father inspired you to do this. He said, there's no securities opportunities, great code. I like that, right? And then your husband was very supportive. And now that's the example you're setting for your children. You're giving them that inspiration. So do you agree that family support is very important for women as they embark on these amazing opportunities? Crucial, absolutely crucial. And I talk about, in my first book, Step Aside Superwoman, I talk about having a home team. You can't do this on your own, right? You need support. And and when you're in a demanding work environment, you need that team to help you. So when people say to me, oh, you know, how did you become managing director in a bank and have a family? I didn't do it on my own. I had a team, you know, the what we say here, you know, the child minders, the teachers. I also thought about in terms of my home life, you know, that leadership piece. I thought, where can I have the most impact? Where, where do I need to position myself as, you know, the mother and a life partner? And the things that I found that I didn't enjoy, especially during the weekends, and that de-energized me, I'd outsource. I never outsourced loving my family, but I outsourced some of the tactical things that really took away from, from my energy. Things like, you know, cleaning the house, mowing the lawn. I mean, I had a team. And then there were certain things that I really enjoyed. I loved to cook. And I think on the weekend, for me, having managed so many people and being on a trading floor with so many people, actually cooking was wonderful. I didn't have to talk to anybody, right? <laughs> I didn't have to solve any problems. So that team aspect and that family aspect is absolutely so important. And I would say, first and foremost, my husband has been my biggest fan. Although we started to get cold feet on that first move, oh my gosh, even setting up my, my business, he was a huge fan. And really encouraged me to invest, you know, invest in trademark, invest in professional help and getting the business set up. You can't go it alone. You need that support team. Cannot agree more. And I love what you mentioned about the home team. It is so crucial to have that home team. And I also like how you bring it full circle, Christine, in terms of having your kids as your accountability partners in a way, in your own head, because you want to make sure that, you know, you're a good role model to them and you're practicing what you preach as well and applying that in the work front as well. You also mentioned courageous conversations, and I'm a big believer and fan of that as well. One of my favorite quotes is by Maya Angelou, where she says, courage is the most important virtue of all, because without courage, you cannot practice any other virtue consistently. And that is just amazing. There were quite a few courageous steps that you took in terms of managing your career. In terms of, you know, any other courageous conversations, you, I know you're an advocate of having courageous conversations at work as well not even just applying into these big decisions. Are there any other examples of such courageous conversations you think women need to have at work? Absolutely. And again, I think it's the courageous conversations. They're the ones that are the difficult ones that maybe we're shy away from 
but they're the ones that we should be having, right? And funny, you know, I, I love the question because, you know, moving into banking, I built a career on courageous conversations. That was my brand. And let me just tell you a little story. So when I moved to the trading floor, one of my job as product manager and salesperson for short-term money market products, I had to liaise with the other salespeople on the trading floor. The whole the whole idea for the bank was, okay, the more products that we transact with a customer, the more that customer is embedded in our institution. Makes sense. So I would liaise with the different product people. And there was one salesperson who was very well respected, rightly so, was very successful. And I was having trouble getting a good working relationship with this with this individual. And one situation happened where I was standing at the trading desk waiting to talk to a trader. And this salesperson says to me, what are you doing here? You know, I'm talking about the market. And in my head, I'm like, what? why do you think I was hired? I have an MBA in international finance. Like, what, why do you think I work at the bank? Like, you don't think I know what a bond is? You know, you don't think I know what interest rates are? So I was really taken aback. And I probably, if you looked at me, I probably was frozen. And then I realized I had to have a courageous conversation with this individual. I just moved my family to the UK. In order to be successful, I need this person to buy into what I'm trying to do as well. What I did was I can't ask my boss to step in, although I'm sure he would, because that's like, you know, on the playground, you got to step up, you got to fight for yourself. So I thought, okay, I'm going to approach the guy, tell him I want to have a a one-on-one conversation later in the week after the markets close. So I did. And around the whole training floor, people are talking about, well, what does Christine want to talk to Anthony about? Like, I never told anybody. I never told my boss. We had our conversation just one-on-one. And I said to the guy, you know, I want to have this conversation. You know, if you remember, we were in front of the trading desk. Now, I got to let you know, I actually do know what a bond is, right? And I actually use bad language <laughs> because I never use bad language. Yeah. And that really shocked the guy. So I said, you know, the thing is, by us working together, your clients are going to benefit. The bank is going to benefit. You're going to benefit. And I'm going to benefit. Right. We need to work together. So, you know, you're talking about that bigger picture. So, yes, it was about me, but it wasn't really. It was about how to make him more successful and the bank more successful as well. And that conversation, after that, it was a game changer. The guy, then we coordinated all kinds of trips together. We did great business together. And of course, people, I didn't realize this, but everybody was watching. They didn't know the topic of our conversation. They knew if you're going to misbehave or there's going to be a tough conversation, a tough event, Christine's going to talk to you about it. She's not going to shy shy away. And so over the years, I developed this reputation. You know, my brand was, I'm not going to embarrass you in front of other people, but I am going to be courageous and I'm going to speak to you one-on-one. That beginning of my career in banking really laid the foundation. You know, I'm thinking that, you know, my education was so important and it was in terms of managing conflict and having courageous conversation. That was the most important thing that I learned how to do. And, and in banking, every day, and you know what it's like, every day there's some kind of conflict. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That was your leadership superpower and helped you show up as a leader everywhere you go. That became your brand, like you said. It's amazing. And also, I think that because of how you behaved and talked to him, people respect you more, right? They know that you are a person of values, right? You're going to stand for the wrong things. 
You will make sure you'll speak up, right? People respect you better. I had like similar experience, Christine. I came from India. And for me, even saying stupid was like a cursing in the house. And then I'm on the trading floor. You know the culture on the trading floor. Everybody screams and they'll curse, but it's a very normal behavior. And I used to be in tears. I thought that that's something to do with me. I shouldn't be here. And then later on, I actually had a conversation with the head of the desk. That, hey, I really don't like it. I, it makes me very uncomfortable when we are one-on-one. He respected that. He totally respected that. So no, I completely agree. Thank you for sharing that story. You're listening to the Showing Up as a Leader podcast hosted by Wings for Growth. If you're ready to take the leap and build your wings on your way up, sign up for our leadership development program at www.wingsforgrowth.org. What do you guys think we should do a rapid fire, some fun stuff? And then we'll have a few more questions, Christine, for you. Sure. Fire away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here you go. Our first question is your favorite book. My favorite book is by the psychologist Carol Dweck. It's about growth mindset. Something like fulfill your potential, something like that. I didn't read that. I should look it Love up. Love that too. That's my one of my favorite books too. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm feeling behind now. I need to catch up. Okay. So, Christine, your next rapid fire question is, who's your favorite leader? Uh, Jacinda Ardern, the leader for New Zealand. Yep. Thank you. Your favorite TV show? Is The Good Wife. I'm just yep, making my way through the second time, the seven series during lockdown. That's one of our, <laughs> That's one of our coping strategies. that sounds great you all love that show your favorite vacation spot is um the rhine cycling on the rhine in germany yeah you mentioned you're a cycler your favorite drink cappuccino that's an easy one everybody needs caffeine in their life Uh, your favorite color is blue dark blue and even going into the green palette and the last one your favorite leadership quote is be the change you want to see from Gandhi. Amazing. Great. Awesome. That was a fun rapid fire round, Varshan. Thank you, Christine. There are quite a few common interests that we have and favorite leaders that we have as well. So thank you for sharing that. My next question for you, and first of all, you know, many congratulations to you. You've written two books and your latest book, Unlock Your Success, Knowing the Unwritten Rules Changes Everything. Love the title is a number one Amazon bestseller. So what's a key takeaway from this book that you would like to share with our listeners today? Thank you for the question. So the unwritten rules are really the soft skills and and behavior and mindset that are career critical. What I've noticed in my own corporate career and also from the women that I've worked with over the years is that the more senior you become, it's these unwritten rules that make the difference, you know, knowing those. So what's an example of an unwritten rule? Networking. You must have a network outside of your day job, outside of your department. And also champions. They're crucial. The more senior you become, your boss isn't going to be able to open that door. There are going to be other influencers and decision makers as part of that. And this is how I came to this. It was kind of an aha moment for me. Almost 10 years in setting up my own business, a number of people said to me, oh, Christine, you should write another book. Your first book, you know, it felt like you were talking to me. So, you know, how about it? You know, where's that second book? And I thought, well, what would I write about? And literally last year, I woke up and the whole book was in my head. And it was these unwritten rules. And there were patterns that I saw 
from the women that I worked with, you know, what were the sticking points? And they were good. They're good examples. The network comes up all the time. Like my younger self says networking. Well, you know, I, I got to focus on the job, but networking is part of the job. You need to understand what's happening, what's happening in the, your department, what's happening in your industry. I also thought a network outside of the company I was working for. Oh, I'd be a trader. And then I realized, I remember being in a meeting, in a senior meeting in, in one of the banks I was working for, and we wanted to go into a new business area. We wanted to set up a securitization desk. And the head of the division says, who knows anybody in this industry? And around the table, everybody knew somebody. And I felt like a fool. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's how you look more senior. You've got to have connections wider than the industry. And here's the thing. The number one rule is owning your career strategy. And that's always been the case, but especially in today's environment where there's so much disruption and change and complexity and uncertainty, you've got to own your career. Of course, your manager and the HR department can help you, but first and foremost, you're the one that has to drive that. It's absolutely, absolutely true. And then, you know, about the networking, I wanted to say that just having thousands of people on your LinkedIn network is not really networking. It's not about who you know but who knows you, right? They, that's the way to build your impact through networking. So Christine, with that, I wanted to ask another very favorite question of mine that I ask everyone is how do you be true to yourself, right? We always talk a lot about authentic leaders, authenticity. What's your advice? How do you be true to yourself and how difficult, easy it is, especially at work for women? Well, here's one way to think about it in terms of being true to yourself. When am I at my best? What does that look like? And when you're at your best, you know, you're, you're having a really good day and you're doing the things that you enjoy. What does that look like? So for me, thinking about that, you know, I certainly got feedback from colleagues. But for me, it was, oh, you know, I loved, I loved when there was a challenge and a problem and pulling people together and, you know, this rapid fire sitting together and, and working through it. It's a very personal question. Each of us has different things in terms of where we get our energy from. And I think that is a really good signal in terms of, ah, oh, if that energizes me, that's who I am. You know, that that's who I am. And the other thing I should mention is that I think in terms of this fighting personal versus professional selves is that COVID has really changed things, that we've learned that everybody's human. You know, even the most senior executives, they'll be on a Zoom call and the dog, dog will be barking or one of their kids will walk by the camera. Or So I think that's a really good change in terms of, you know, quote, authentic, authentic leadership. That is very awesome. And I think, you know, 2020, everybody's working from home. It's all virtual. So a lot of people are like Zoom exhausted. But then there were some benefits of this, right? People got a little bit more personal on the calls, right? They were a little bit more comfortable with one another. I remember that one of my friends, and she's a senior manager, she always says that I start off the call for my team by asking, how is your day going? I always tell my team members, especially women who have young kids or babies, don't worry if they're crying or making noises in the background. It's all okay. This is how you're doing the best you can from staying home. So we have a lot that we have learned, and I'm sure 2021 will teach us a lot more things. So Christine, to wrap up, this interview, I wanted to ask our last question, which is our signature question, and that is that 2021 will be an interesting year. 
What's your advice to women who are ready to take the leap and build their wings on the way? I think the important thing, and you, you covered a number of points during mm-hmm. our, our conversation, is thinking about what impacts that you want to have, where you're at your best, what are your key values. Thinking about, you know, with all those changes, I always say when I'm talking to clients, you know, this they'll say, this is a challenge, that's a challenge, you know, everything's being disrupted. And I say, ah, if there's disruption, there has to be an equally offsetting force. Where's the opportunity, right? Where's the opportunity? And that's a really interesting one because that means that if it's something new, that mm-hmm. you don't have to be the expert because nobody's the expert because it's new. Yeah. So I would, you know, my advice would be to really reflect about who you are, your values, where you get your energy from, what interests you, and thinking about some of these trends and then saying, how can I link up to that? How can I have an impact on that area? So in a way, you know, that's the that's the silver lining to the COVID. And actually, even before COVID, we had disruption because of technology. And then now COVID has accelerated that technological change. There are opportunities there, but it does, we do kind of have to stop and reflect and think about that alignment to yourself, your skills, your interests, and those future trends. Yep. Love it. What an awesome advice and tips. And I'll tell you this, Christine, I am personally very inspired by you today. And we talked before as well. I think we have a couple of things in common, which I can immediately relate to. So I have so many new things to look forward to, which I learned from you today. And I'll tell you those three things very quickly. I am inspired by my father. I left corporate America because my father told me to go do something that I always wanted to do, which is what you did. And we both come from financial services, working on the trading floor. And the third thing I want to say, I always want to write a book. I don't know (laughs) when, how, but you just inspired me today that one day, I'll pull myself together, think about Christine Brown Quinn. She did it. I think I can do it. At least I'll make an effort to do it. So with that, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate all the advice and tips that you've given. And we will recommend your books to our mentees. Hope we can come back to you with more questions and more advice to get. It was a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Christine. Thank you for tuning in. We wish you the best as you take the learnings from this podcast and strive to showing up as a leader in all those moments, situations and interactions where you can make a difference. Build your wings and sign up to be the part of the Wings program at www.wingsforgrowth.org. 